superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. The question is, how's it going to go? This is the Rich Eisen Show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. We're kind of like the number one overall pick. The Cincinnati Bengals select Rich Eisen, Chris Brockman, Mike Del Tufo. I'm into it. I don't know about that. The Rich Eisen Show. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Dan Schwartzman. It is our three of the Rich Eisen Show. That's right. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich on a Monday. I will be in as well tomorrow. Jackpot, baby! That's right, Jackpot Baby, 844-204-RICH, 844-204-7424. Hit us up on Twitter, at Rich Eisen Show, again, at Rich Eisen Show. Rich, by the way, will be hosting Westwood One's pregame show tonight, starting at 7.30 Eastern Time. Monday Night Football on Westwood One. It is at Caesars Superdome in New Orleans, as it is the 7-7 Saints. Winners of two straight, coming off that big 9-0 win over the Buccaneers. Last week, hosting the 7-7 seven and seven Miami Dolphins, who, by the way, have won six games in a row. How crazy is that? Both teams in the thick of that playoff race. A loss here would be detrimental to either team. A win here would certainly up their chances of being able to potentially sneak in there into one of those final slots. What is it? Seven teams making the postseason in each conference now. It's kind of funny, all these changes, you know, you got uh, the extra game, you got an extra playoff team. It's interesting trying to kind of keep track of all this. It's kind of like if you're an official and they keep adding rules or changing rules every year and you have to keep track of it. But Dolphins and the Saints, really good game. It really is. Like, I didn't think early on this year it would be considering the Dolphins at one point were one in seven on the season. Remember that? They won their opener at New England. It was a big win, right? Brian Flores beating his mentor, Bill Belichick. And then they just rolled off seven straight losses. Home to Buffalo, at the Raiders, home to the Colts, at the Buccaneers, home to the Jags. They lost the freaking Jags, at the, home to the Falcons, at the Bills. Seven straight losses. People talking about Brian Flores and his job security. Should he be gone? Is he on a hot seat? Well, knock off the Texans, knock off the Raiders. Knock off the Jets. Knock off the Panthers. Knock off the Giants. Knock off the Jets again. Not the toughest of schedules, right? At all. Texans aren't good. Ravens are ho-hum. Jets are awful. Panthers are awful. Giants are terrible. And the Jets are awful. Now's a real test. If they want to make the playoffs, go to New Orleans and win. And then follow that up by going to the Titans and winning. And then follow that up by winning at home against the Patriots, who may need that game as placement in terms of seeding for the AFC playoff picture. Good luck. 
This could be an 0-3 type ending for the Dolphins. Not an easy way. You want to end with the Panthers, Giants, and Jets, not the Saints, Titans, and Patriots. But good matchup tonight. Here's the problem, though, okay? New Orleans is, in essence, playing their fourth-string quarterback. Jameis Winston was the starter, and he got banged up, done for the year. Taysom Hill comes in, and uh, he's got COVID now, as does his backup, Trevor Simeon, who did get a start as well. Not a very good player. He also played for my Jets. Now you turn to the fourth-round pick out of Notre Dame this year, Ian Book, who will be making his first NFL start. What's really interesting is that the Saints, from what we understand, reached out to the likes of Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers asking if they would come in and play quarterback. Rivers is coaching high school football in Athens, Alabama, and Drew Brees, of course, is working in the studio for Sunday Night Football broadcasts on NBC. So, uh, funny enough, Sean Payton even picked up the phone and personally called Drew Brees. So you have the big game, 7-7 seven and seven Saints hosting the 7-7 seven and seven Dolphins. 8.15 p.m. tonight kickoff right here on Westwood 1. It is Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And I am right, engineering the game. Yeah, and Art Martinez, of course, engineering the game. I like that A-team. Watch a lot of Kurt Warner stuff. I was sick this weekend. Again, not COVID. I know you have to say that because once you say you're sick, everybody assumes it's COVID. But it was not COVID. And the uh, I watched on NFL Network. It was the football life on Kurt Warner. And then they had this like one-hour thing on The Greatest Show on Turf. So I had a lot of Kurt Warner overload this and, weekend. And his movie's and, coming out. Is that real? <laughs> I don't want to be rude here, but I saw the preview. Yeah, yeah, it's a real movie. It's a real movie. Like, like I the, the, the pictures of him on the field kind of looks like CGI. I'm just saying. That's why I was like, is it a real movie? But good for Kurt Warner. Listen, it's a great story. The guy was bagging groceries. And a couple years later, he's winning a Super Bowl. And here's the crazy part about it. If almost won another. Almost won another. They should have won another, by the way. Two years after they won the first one. But if it was not for one of my my best friends in this business, Rodney Harrison, Kurt Warner would never have had that opportunity. Because if you remember, Rodney's the reason why Trent Green's season was ended in that preseason game, which opened the door for Kurt Warner. Oh, but that was Rodney, huh? Yeah, that was Rodney. That was poor. That was Rodney. Trent Green, who also works for Westwood One. Westwood One. Rodney, of course, with Sunday Night Football on NBC. Yeah, that was Rodney. We're all family. Yes. It's kind of like Tom Brady probably sends former Jet number 57 linebacker Mo Lewis a Christmas card every year and a thank you because it was Mo Lewis's sideline hit on Drew Bledsoe as Bledsoe was scrambling that knocked Bledsoe out. Oh, the if game. I only could go back in time. Right, which then brought on a little-known six-round pick that the Patriots didn't exactly have a ton of confidence in either, and that was Tom Brady. Yeah, that uh, crazy? And then a couple years later, or the next year, was it? Uh, tuck the tuck rule? rule. Yeah, exactly. Never right. get over that. Never get over that. I agree with you on that one, by the way. But it's crazy how these little things work out. But, yeah, so Trent Green goes down. Kurt Warner gets the opportunity. He will be on the broadcast tonight with Kevin Harlan on Westwood 1. 7.30 pregame with Rich Eisen, a 8.15 kickoff down at the Caesar Superdome. But Ian Book's going to get the start tonight. And, uh, listen, 
it's a tough spot. You know, it really is a tough spot to be in if you are the Saints, if you are Ian Book. But here's what has to happen. The defense has to step up. You know, they stepped up last week against Tampa Bay. They held him scoreless. First time Tom Brady has been shut out since like 2007. It's like 15 years or something ridiculous like that. 244 straight games or something is what it was. But you look at this team right now and they just have to come out and they have to step up and they have to cover for a guy making his NFL debut where the expectations are going to be very low. They are. Saints have a bunch of players out on that COVID-19 list. Malcolm Jenkins is out, right? I mean, he's not going to play. It's just, you look at this list right now of guys, it is big. But they have to have, you know, these guys have to show up with the same intensity and understand that it's going to be on them to win this game. You cannot rely and put it on Ian Book. Maybe, you know, Alvin Kamara is going to be a big part of that, of course. But overall, it's, you know, if you're going to put it on the arm of Ian Book, that's going to determine whether you win your eighth game of the year or not. Chances are you're probably not going to win. What a great song. You know you've hit the big time when you actually have a song about yourself, right? Like, I don't think there's a New York Jets song, so you know the Jets haven't hit the big time yet. Dolphins have their own song. Right there, that's a big deal. That's like dinner table conversation, right? I'm taking the hey Dolphins guys. just because of that. <laughs> just because of the song? I don't think the Saints, the Saints don't have one. When the Saints go marching in, maybe? But yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't written for them, you know? <laughs> was it like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> was it like, let's write this amazing song that becomes famous based on the football team. No, no, no. I think that song is around before the football House of the team. Rising Sun, maybe? Is that about the Saints? I don't think That's so. That's about New Orleans. Right. It's about the city. It's not about the team. The Dolphin song is about the team. By the way, I, I had a rite of passage for my daughter this weekend, actually. Speaking of the Dolphins, we watched uh, Ace Ventura for the first time. For her. I've watched it, obviously. We watched Ace Ventura. Art Pet Detective. Pet Detective. Laces out, Dan. I mean, Dan Marino, I forgot how big of a role Dan Marino had in that movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like a star. I mean, I wouldn't say he's a great actor by any stretch of the imagination, but, dude, Marino's got a heck of a role in that movie. He's yeah. got, like, talking lines I and still everything. remember him in that those isotoner glove yes. commercials. Yes. Yes. Those commercials back then, it was him with the isotoners. It was Charles Barkley with the... Uh, right guard, right? Deodorant? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wasn't Bosworth doing those, too? Brian Bosworth, I think, was doing those yeah, right guard that's deodorant right. commercials, that's right. right? What were the other ones that were big? It was, uh... yeah, Bosworth did the one where they did like kind of like the English hunting thing, right? The theme with, like, the hunting dogs? Yeah. I think that's what he was in, right? Boy, did Bosworth, whoa, what a... what a flame out he was. I just got to say career, Bo Jackson. Right? Bo Jackson. <laughs> When I was a kid, I actually read the, the the book by Brian Bosworth. A friend of mine bought it for like my tenth birthday or eleventh. He was an birthday author. And I read it. Yeah, he was an author after like his first year in Seattle, and that was about his entire career. Yeah. By the way, imagine what his social media presence would have been if he played today, coming out of coming out of Oklahoma with that reputation. Oh my gosh! Yeah. 
Talk about NILs, right? How much money would Brian Bosworth have been making? In, I mean, he was making money anyway in college. Not sure how much of it was, you know, allowed. But imagine how much money a Brian Bosworth would be making today with these NILs, these college kids getting paid a fortune. Dude would be making millions of dollars a year. Chances are he'd take a pay cut heading to the NFL uh, probably. from playing, playing in Norman, Oklahoma. That Quinn Ewers, whatever his name is, the kid from Texas, went to Ohio State, number one quarterback recruit in the nation. He's transferring now, but I think he signed like a three-year, $1.4, four-year, $1.4 million NIL deal. That's incredible. Bosworth would triple that, double that at least. That guy was so cool until he got to the NFL and people realized he just wasn't that good. You know, <laughs> Unbelievable. We got so off track here. How do we get on Brian Bosworth? I have no idea. But anyway... Uh, you're taking the Dolphins because they have a song. I'm going to take the Dolphins, too, because I just think they're a better team right now. I, I just do. They're in a better predicament. And what, here, here's the big thing about it, okay, to, to, to get more on track here. Bill Belichick is probably the greatest coach in the history of the NFL. Uh, yeah. All right. Who, who, why? Who, who are you taking? Well, Tom Flores, of course. I was going to say, you're going Flores, right? Two Super Bowl rings. Belichick's got a couple of more. Yes, well... But the only but, Super Bowl won in Los Angeles. Yes, that's a, that's a great point you bring up. That's a very, very valid point you bring up. But no, he's not Bill Belichick. Great coach, not Bill Belichick. Wouldn't you go John Madden, though, by the way? <sighs> yeah. Uh, Madden was greater than Flores. I mean, Madden had the greatest 10-year run probably ever. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Right? So He'd be I, my number I two. I think he's got to go ahead of Flores. He's got, I think in Raider fandom, he's got to be ahead of Flores. Uh, but let me ask you this. Yeah. Did did John Madden ever get a call from Ronald Reagan? Maybe. I don't know. No. He, he might didn't. have. He didn't. We know for a fact he didn't ever? After the Super Bowl on, one. After the Super Bowl. Oh, assume, okay. Maybe they're on first name basis. Besides, hey, Ronnie, what's up? Hey, Johnny, what's going on? No, for a fact, that it was on the air, CBS, that, that Ronald Reagan actually called yeah. Tom Flores. Mr. Madden, tear down this wall? No? No. <laughs> Dan Schwartzman in for Rich Eisen, the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, 844-204-7424. You know, Bill Belichick is a legend. And if you are a rookie quarterback, the last thing you want to do is face a Bill Belichick defense. I saw it this year twice with the Jets and Zach Wilson. He just befuddled the poor guy. We saw Sam Darnold. I mean, it was seeing ghosts. I know that was year two or year three for him. He was seeing ghosts with Belichick defenses. Remember that whole thing. So Brian Flores is a defensive disciple of Bill Belichick. He comes from that school of thought. So Brian Flores, who is a very, very sharp defensive mind, and you are seeing that with the Dolphins, you know he's going to have something creative and something confusing for poor Ian Book. Ian Book's going to see a lot of different sets, a lot of different fronts, things that he's not used to seeing, and he's going to get confused because that's what you do with a rookie quarterback if you know what you're doing. So, you know, it's just, to me, a very difficult situation for Ian Book, and I think it's one that he's not going to be able to get past, and that's why you got to go with the Dolphins winning this game. I'd love to see the Saints. I'd love to see Cameron Jordan go far. I like that organization. I actually like Sean Payton. 
Guy's been there, the longevity, the stability they brought to that team, the what they've meant to that city of New Orleans after Katrina, that continues on, right? I mean, there's so many reasons why the Saints are a team you can root for. But it, it, to be a realist, it's hard to pick a team that's got a fourth-string quarterback to where they're literally begging Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers to come off the old retirement scrap heap to come play some games because they're in desperate need of wins here if they want to play in the postseason. They've been banged up. It's amazing they've gotten to this point at 7-7, seven and seven, winning two straight because Thomas has been out at wide receiver. He hasn't done much in the last two years. So what are they doing? But the Dolphins are the pick, and if you're one of these gambling people, 37.5 points, by the way, over under, there's not going to be a lot of points scored. This is going to be one of those games where the old-school football fan is going to love it because there's going to be a lot of defense, a lot of three and outs. But if you're one of these millennial football fans that love the high-scoring 400-yard passing days for quarterbacks, you sweated over Joe Burrow and his 525 and four touchdowns yesterday. Very impressive, by the way. You're not going to like this game because this is going to be one of those slow, brutal, run the football if you're the Saints and defensive stops if you're the Saints and the Dolphins in a game that's going to end probably somewhere in the range of like 17 to 10 or 17 to 13. You got to go under 37 and a half when it comes to a game like this. Unless you think Tua Tagovailoa is going to go out and go crazy in this one, which I'm not betting on, of course. Uh, the Saints got a good defense. I mean, they shut, out, they shut out Tom Brady last week. Exactly. So, all right, not a lot of points going to be scored in this one. Good defense from, from, from Miami. Good defense from New Orleans. Offenses that are suspect, especially the Saints. Unless Alvin Kamara gives you four touchdowns or, you know, Tua gives you a bunch of touchdown passes. I don't see either right now. This is going to be a low-scoring affair, but so much riding on it. They're really... You couldn't ask for much better of a Week 16 Monday night game with so much riding on it. All the marbles here. The team that loses probably knocking themselves out of the playoffs. The team that wins putting themselves in a good predicament to making the postseason. So what does that postseason picture look like right now? Who is officially in? Who is on the bubble? I saw something where there's 24 teams mathematically still alive, the most in 31 years in the NFL. That is crazy. We're going to look over which teams are in, who's on that bubble in that NFL playoff picture with just two weeks and one game to go in this regular season. It is the Rich Eisen Show, Hour 3 on a Monday. I'm Dan Schwartzman, in for Rich. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Opening series of the second half. Now it's Barber turn. Daylight dives over the top. Signal? Anybody? Signal? No signal yet. Jackpot, baby! <laughs> Brent Musburger, courtesy of Compass Media there. Raiders knocking off the Denver Broncos yesterday. Very, very important win for them. We'll get to that bubble. Right now, the teams that did get in yesterday and this weekend as a whole with wins, the Kansas City Chiefs. They have clinched their division yet again. What is that, five straight years they've clinched that division? Helps to have Andy Reid. Helps to have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, don't they remind me. Loaded. Yeah, I know, right? And they are playing just incredible football. And listen, I, you know, Andy Reid, I was with Andy in Philadelphia for a while. I, you know, I worked in Philly, and he was head coach of the Eagles. And, you know, they, they, at some point he wore out his welcome after 14 years. He had... Gone to one Super Bowl, didn't win. Gone to four other NFC Championship games, did not win. And I don't blame Philly for going in a different direction. Ended up working out, right? Doug Peterson led them to a Super Bowl win. But it's worked out great for Andy. He goes to Kansas City. And let me be honest with you. I mean, if you look at Andy Reid, and I don't think this guy is going to ever really stop coaching, right? Andy Reid is not stopping coaching anytime soon. He had the sad incidences with both his sons back in Philly. And of course, you know, lately in Kansas City, he had his kid in that car accident thing. And Andy Reid continued to coach. This is his life. This is what he does. Andy Reid is 63 years old. He's got 232 career wins in the regular season, only 134 losses. Since he's gotten to Kansas City in 2013, he has never won less than nine games in a season. It's pretty it's pretty incredible what he's done. And he has won 102 games and lost 41 games since 2013 in Kansas City. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine years. And he's going to add to that win total, by the way, in the last couple of weeks. I just don't see him walking away anytime soon. The guy is a lifer. So, actually, this is his sixth straight year of winning the AFC West, as crazy as that sounds. Sorry, Art. Six straight years of winning the AFC West. Boo. It's like the Raiders are always playing for second place in the division. So, when it's all done, Andy Reid's going to be approaching 300 career wins. 
It's worked out well. It's a heck of a team, heck of an organization. Well, he's only won one Super Bowl. Is that right? One Super Bowl? One Super Bowl, yeah. That's it. Now, the, the question is, are they good enough to win another one this year? I think they are. There's holes on that team, but I think everybody has holes in the NFL right now. I don't think anybody consistently, you can say, is head and shoulders above anybody else, right? Every team out there has a hole of some sort. But the Chiefs are in now. They've clinched the division. They are in. Uh, outside of that, other teams that clinched this weekend, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won their division. L.A. Rams have clinched a playoff berth in theirs. And by the way, even with the Cardinals just falling apart, by the way, this, and the Arizona Cardinals are. They are. They're not winning any games right now. They're playing bad football. They actually got in because of the Rams' win. One of those tie-breaking scenarios, things like that. Because the Rams won, the Cardinals got into the playoffs, too. Three teams were eliminated, Seahawks, Giants, and Panthers. It was only a matter of time. But the teams that have golden opportunities, the Tennessee Titans, they should win their division and get in. They're 10-5. and five. They still have to play the Dolphins. And then they play at the Texans, who under Pat, you know Davis Mills, they played a lot better. You forgot still, the Cowboys. The Cowboys are in. Cowboys in, too. Excuse me. Cowboys got in, too. And they didn't get in, actually, with the win yesterday over Washington. They actually got in before the kickoff even occurred because of the Raiders' win. Because the Raiders, absolutely. Right. Because the Raiders beat Denver. That did something with the Eagles, and that allowed the Cowboys to win the division. Amazing statistic, Art, that in the last Strength of schedule, I think it was. Strength of schedule, right. In the last 17 years, there has not been back-to-back winners in the NFC East. How crazy is that? 17 years, you have not had a team win the NFC East in back-to-back years. uh, Are they really competitive, or do they just all suck? They all stink. That's been unfortunate. The NFC East used to be that power division in football. It's kind of stunk. Cowboys will have a one- or two-year run here and there. Washington hasn't been very good, right, over the last... 10, 15 years. They haven't had much success. They did win a division here and there. Giants have been awful. And the Eagles won a Super Bowl, but they regressed, and maybe they'll make the playoffs this year. I saw a funny thing, though. Remember when the Giants, I think it was Odell Beckham Jr.'s rookie year in, was it 2017 or something, and they took that trip down to Miami, some of the players, the week after the regular season ended and leading up to the wild card game. And there's a picture of them on the boat with, like, Justin Bieber. Remember that, Art? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Since that picture was taken, they have had the worst record in football. <laughs> it's the Bieber curse. It's the Bieber curse. Ever since that picture was taken, when you thought, oh, I'm a Giant fan and uh, things are looking up. We got this young, talented receiver in Odell Beckham Jr. We just made the playoffs. We're going to go on a nice run here. They have had the worst record in football ever since that fateful picture was taken aboard that yacht in Miami. So wanted to throw that out there for all of you out there who love insignificant statistics. There you have it. The Bieber curse is alive and well. Does it exist? No, but we just started it here on the show. Tennessee Titans, they're going to get in. It's a matter of time. They will win the AFC South. Cincinnati Bengals, big win yesterday over the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. Wow. Joe Burrow, 299 passing yards. In the first half against the Ravens. And here's the funny thing. You can't blame that loss on Josh Johnson playing quarterback for Baltimore, by the way. Josh Johnson, who they signed 10 days ago because Lamar Jackson is hurt and then Tyler Huntley tests positive for COVID. Josh Johnson threw for 300 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. 
Last time I checked, he wasn't attempting to play defense. And I say attempting because that's, I think, the kind way of describing what the Ravens were doing yesterday. Because the Ravens got absolutely hammered. And they got a good defense. I No, we thought they had a good defense. <laughs> good defenses don't let what happened yesterday happen in a 41-21 to loss. And by the way, it could have been much worse. It was 31-14 to at halftime. That kind of leads to this question. Any well, Joe, problem? Here's this interesting stat. Yeah. Joe Burrow had the first half uh, passing total record before Dak Prescott did it. Before Dak Prescott, yeah. Yeah. And then Prescott, by the way, became the first quarterback in history to throw a touchdown pass to a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, and an offensive lineman in the same game. Crazy statistic there. These are the useless statistics that I actually love. But it's Joe great. Burrow had two right, you're right. Joe Burrow had 299 yards passing in the first half. And I think Prescott was at three three something. Yeah, and he 315 stopped, or something. 315. He stopped playing uh in, in that third quarter with 330 and four touchdowns. Didn't even break a sweat. They had Cooper Rush come in and finish up that one. But the here's the thing about this game, though, and I know. Bengals and Ravens playing the same division, and you can consider it somewhat of a divisional rivalry, but any problem with the Bengals continuing to throw it deep in that game down the field late in the fourth quarter with a 20-point lead? Because that's been an issue. I know John Harbaugh, when he was asked that, said, I don't call plays for them. But is there a sportsmanship aspect? And here's what I say about that. No, these are highly paid professional football players. If you want the other team to stop scoring, stop them. If you don't want Joe Burrow to continue throwing down the field deep passes, leading by 20 late in the fourth quarter, intercept them. Sack them. Send them a message. Uh, Hello, just like in baseball, I think you're running up the, sc- running up the score. I think it's uh, after a certain point, you just got to go base to base. But this is the NFL. This is different. You know, baseball, you have this unwritten rule. In football, you see more in colleges because there are uneven matchups, right? When Alabama plays, uh, you know, Samford or something like that, right? It's a money game for the small school. They get paid like $450,000 to travel to Tuscaloosa and get, you know, beaten up. It's what happens. Hammered. They get hammered. Absolutely. It's 70 to 7, right? And at some point... Nick Saban will call off the dogs and they stop, you know, they stop throwing and they just run the football, though they'll keep running for like 300 yards because, you know, even if they're not throwing the football, they're still rushing for a bunch of yards because the other team can't stop them. So it happens in college sports because you have a mismatch. What's the mismatch between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals? They're both NFL teams. They're both playing for or a the Cowboys, spot. Cowboys in Washington. Cowboys in Washington. Okay. Well, the the difference is uh, Cowboys scored like 14 points on their defense. Yeah. Cincinnati just scored offensively. Offensively. Like or not. <laughs> Four touchdown passes from Joe Burrow. Touchdown run by Joe Mixon. It was just unbelievable. I was stunned, though, by how poorly Baltimore played. I, I couldn't tell you the last time we've seen the Baltimore Ravens look that bad in a game. Seriously, right? I couldn't tell you the last time. It was, frankly, stunning to me. Didn't make an ounce of sense how bad they were. And I know teams, again, have COVID issues and guys are out. But even with guys out, this is the NFL. Yeah, 
you can't be giving up a franchise record 525 yards passing. I, I just have a problem with that. Not so much that since he kept throwing the football, I mean, okay, whatever. You know, if you want to send a message, Baltimore, when you see him next year, do something about it. You want this to linger? Let it linger. I don't care. I like rivalries. I like storylines, right? Why do people like pro wrestling out there? Not because they actually believe the wrestling's any good and they believe it's real. They like the drama. They like the continuity of drama from one event to the next, right? What happens on SmackDown goes to Raw or whatever, or the next issue, you know, the next uh, episode of SmackDown. Uh, good, good point. Now, will now what's Baltimore's record now? They're eight and seven. Will they meet a third time in the playoffs? I don't think Baltimore's going to get in at this point. <laughs> I hate to say it. I, I, I unless they quickly recoup here, I don't know if they're going to get in. It's hard to say that they are. I mean, right now Baltimore is sitting in that number seven spot. Chargers, by the way, are going in the wrong direction. Your Raiders at 8-7 and seven can potentially sneak in there. Baltimore does have the tiebreaker over L.A. and Vegas. Well, the Raiders beat the, the Ravens, though. Well, I, I don't understand this works because there was a divisional tiebreaker. It's a very strange thing here. Well, L.A. wins the tiebreaker over the Raiders yeah, because yeah. of head-to-head win percentage. Apparently, division tiebreak initially was to eliminate Vegas from this mix. I'm not sure how this really works. But right now in the st- standings, they have Baltimore ahead of the Raiders. Strange, right? Yeah, they got understand. the same record. Yeah, but that's how it is. Baltimore seventh, Chargers are eighth, Raiders sit in ninth. I just don't know if Baltimore is going to be able to hold off anybody at this point. They're at the Rams. Excuse me. They're home for the Rams and they're home for the Steelers the last two weeks. And the Steelers didn't look good. No, but the Steelers look terrible. You're right against Kansas City. But that team somehow finds a way to get things done, right? Baltimore's lost four in a row. There's no indication that they can turn turn it around the last couple of weeks. Lamar comes back. Maybe it's a different story. But even then... How much faith do you have in this team writing this ship? I don't have a ton of confidence in them doing so. Chargers, meanwhile, again, they've lost two straight. They're home for the Broncos. They're at the Raiders. Okay, that's potentially two wins. No, 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 no. But the Raiders, but here's the problem for the Raiders. They're at the Colts, okay? Yeah, Colts, yeah. Colts are hot. I mean, the Colts are damn good. That team's won three in a row. They're they due for an upset. good team. They are due for an upset, but, man, they look good. I like that Colts team. That team might inch their way into that upper echelon of that AFC. But what's holding the Colts back? It's certainly not running back. It's certainly not the defense. It's certainly not COVID. They lost, what, Leonard on defense and still beat the Cardinals. Carson There's Wentz, one thing maybe? Potential- ah, there you go. We got to get into that here because – we can talk about Baker Mayfield holding back the Cleveland Browns. We can talk about Jimmy Garoppolo holding back the 49ers from taking that next step. Has Carson Wentz worked out the way the Colts thought it would when they reunited him with Frank Reich in Indianapolis? Is he a guy that you can hitch the wagon to and say, he's going to take us to the promised land of the postseason and winning a Super Bowl? Or is he a detriment to potentially doing so? Final segment coming up. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich Eisen right here on The Rich Eisen Show.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Big one. Uh, you know, guys talked about it after the game. Gutsy win. Gutsy win in, in uh, all three phases. You know, we had, shoot, we woke up this morning and found out more guys were, were hurt and or not hurt, but sick and missing. And, um, you know, tweaking the game plan this morning, coaches did a great job um, to put us in the best chance to succeed. And obviously it was a kind of up and down game, um, but for us to finish the way we did, that was huge. Carson Wentz talking after the big Colts win over the Arizona Cardinals. Colts going in the positive direction. Cardinals going in the wrong direction. I'm Dan Schwartzman on a Monday in for Rich Eisen. The Rich Eisen Show here. Catch us on the Odyssey app and odyssey.com. Be a part of the show at 844-204-RICH, 844-204-7424, or hit us up on Twitter at Rich Eisen Show. Carson Wentz is an interesting guy. Colts are a really good team. In fact, I know a lot of people are jumping on that bandwagon, and I kind of am too. Jonathan Taylor has been flat-out unbelievable. He will win MVP this year. Aaron Rodgers may have something to say about that, maybe Tom Brady as well, but I think Jonathan Taylor is going to get a lot of love. People are sick and tired of quarterbacks, I think, winning the award, and he may win it because he has put together a phenomenal season, and he is the perfect example of why you don't draft a running back in the first round. He was a fairly high second-round pick after a historic career at Wisconsin. Pick number 41, and with two games to go, he is sitting there at 1,626 yards. He will finish with 1,800 or so yards. Been fantastic. Going to have about 20 rushing touchdowns. Awesome season. So what's the problem with the Indianapolis Colts? Darius Leonard is out with COVID, as are a bunch of other guys. Doesn't matter, right? They still find a way to win, and they knock off the Cardinals. I mean, it's an impressive win. They beat Kyler Murray. I think Carson Wentz is the issue here. And statistically, if you're a statistics guy, you look and say, well, what's wrong with Carson Wentz? On the season in 15 games, he's thrown for 3,200 yards. He's at 25 touchdowns, six interceptions. He's played well this year. He's only fumbled three times. Rushed for a touchdown as well, you... Couldn't ask for much better than a 26-touchdown, six-interception season, right? Throwing three more fumbles, nine turnovers. That's not terrible in 15 games by any stretch of the imagination. And maybe we're still living off Carson Wentz from 2017. Remember, this guy was a number two overall pick by the Eagles out of North Dakota State. And after year two, everybody thought this was the guy that was going to be the elite quarterback, 
he would get the richest contract in the history of football at the position, and he would have, you know, after years of kind of trying to find that guy, taken the reins from Donovan McNabb in terms of stability at that quarterback position for Philly. Didn't work out. Year two, by the you know, through 13 games, he was on his way to winning league MVP. 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, was playing great football, scored on a touchdown, I think it was, hopping into the end zone, tore something, and that was it. You know, then things turned sour, and then last year, 2020, was an absolute disaster, and it was a change of scenery type of situation. They dealt him to Indianapolis. Remember, he had been with Frank Reich in Philly when Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator. Great situation. Reunite him. Had his most success with Reich. He hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been a difference maker. He's become somewhat of a game manager. And Carson Wentz was, as a number two overall pick, not thought to be a game manager. And in 2017 with the Eagles, he was far from a game manager. He was a difference maker. Well, now he's a game manager. He's up and down. He's average. It's like he's afraid to make some throws because statistically it won't look good may not be the most high percentage i do like somebody who takes a risk here and there he seems to be against that i watch carson once play and i think to myself he's okay he's just okay just another guy nothing spectacular not a detriment but nothing spectacular i don't know if carson wentz is going to be a guy that's going to take the Colts to the next level, which they thought they were getting. I mean, they thought they stole him from the Eagles, right, in that trade. Although at this point, I think, what, they'll give up a first rounder? It might be, I forgot what the, it was a second rounder conditional pick, and I forgot what the conditions were that would make it a first rounder. But I think he's played enough and done enough, probably where it may, and they're going to make the postseason, looks, probably will make the postseason, and that may trigger this to be a higher pick. But I just don't know if he's going to lead this team. He kind of makes the Colts the same way that Garoppolo makes the San Francisco 49ers or Baker Mayfield makes the Cleveland Browns. Good teams that may be lacking at the quarterback position to take the next step. To be fair, though, Art Martinez, I will ask you this. Out of those three names, Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, or Carson Wentz in Indianapolis, based on history, who would you trust to potentially be able to take their team to the next step because my answer real quick is this i'm gonna say carson wentz because i think he's actually the best of the three i do think he's the best of the three names i mentioned wow i definitely wouldn't take baker because i i don't trust that guy uh four interceptions last game wow uh jimmy uh, if you're gonna take carson wentz i'll take jimmy you're gonna take jimmy garoppolo yeah just just to be you know opposite of you Really? I, but, but okay, I so wouldn't stop take trying easy. to be opposite of me. You can join the Schwartzman bandwagon. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I'm, okay, I'm, say I'm you're part an NFL, of it. Say, I'm part of say it. Say you're an NFL GM, okay? And those are the three guys that you could have right now quarterbacking your team. No one yeah, else. You can't be. I think you can't I would. Say I, want Aaron I would Rogers. take Jimmy. I would take Jimmy. Over Carson Wentz in terms of what he, you've seen him do in the past and believe he can do in the future. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I think Garoppolo's terrible. And by the way, that whole thing with John Lynch claiming that he by accident liked a tweet while sitting in church that was critical of Jimmy Garoppolo this weekend, that was funny. Wow, that was. 
<laughs> like, come on. Like, no one's believing you're sitting in church and by accident you hit your phone and you just happen to like a tweet that's critical of your quarterback that is probably going to keep you from going far in a season. Like, no one's buying that. But it is comical. I find that to be very amusing. Good stuff there, right? I don't think Jimmy's <laughs> going to be he's going to stay with the 49ers. I, I think they've got to make a decision at the end of the season. Yeah, I think Garoppolo's gone. I do think Garoppolo's gone because, I mean, look, they, they drafted uh, they drafted a quarterback very high. So I don't think – I think Garoppolo clearly is gone, not going to happen. He's not coming back. And the contract, I think, allows for him to uh, – for them to get rid of him and not have to pay a lot of money for it. Trey Lance. Trey Lance, that's it, right. So they brought in Trey Lance. They drafted him very high. They drafted him um, – he was drafted third overall, so you got to give him an opportunity, right? Yeah, really I would think him, so, so. Yeah, they got to yeah. make a, a tough decision at the end of the season, yeah. and I think it's Trey Lance. The, but not, where then, does Jimmy go, though? Back up Mac Jones in New England. Does he go to Carolina? I don't know if he's a starting quarterback in this league. Carolina's desperate for quarterback, right? Cam Newton's just. Cam Newton's just I no. Mean, he's, Cam Newton's the most and Cam Sam Darnold, me, your boy Do- Sam Darnold. He's done. He's done there. But Cam Newton to me is the most overrated player in the NFL over the last ten years. He had one great season, and if you look at his other seasons, it doesn't stand the test against them. Every other year is the same, except that one year. The big year was the anomaly. Every other year is Cam Newton. So he's not the answer in Carolina. It's a one-year deal for half the season. He's not coming back. Sam Darnold's not coming back. This isn't a strong does, quarterback. Does class. Jimmy Jimmy go to Carolina? That's that's good. That'd be pretty pretty good. But fair. here's the pro- But here's the problem with doing. You got that. Christian McCaffrey. Do you? Ever since he started dating Olivia Culpo, he can't <laughs> stay on the field. You notice that? That's <laughs> a curse. Ever since he started dating her, he cannot stay healthy. And I learned Women something yesterday. Weaken legs. <laughs> Braxton Barrios of the Jets dates Olivia Culpo's younger sister. I did not know that until yesterday. How about that? Is he hurt too? No, he actually had a 103-yard kickoff return <laughs> okay, for a touchdown okay. and should be a pro bowler. But <laughs> No, he's thriving since dating Okulpo. McCaffrey is not since dating Okulpo. He can't stay on the field. Now, listen, if I was him, I'd want to spend as much time with her as well. But it's not helping him in terms of his career. He signs a big contract, dates her, and boom, done. But here's the problem for Carolina, especially if you're Matt Rule, right? Because Matt Rule is going to go in if he's not fired. He's going in on a very, very, very hot seat. Do you want to shop in the bargain basement bin again the way that they did getting Sam Darnold, the way they got Teddy Bridgewater, the way they had Cam Newton? Right. Do you want to add Jimmy Garoppolo to shopping at the $2 DVD bucket at Walmart? Probably not, right? (laughs) We've all we've all rifled through that, <laughs> yeah, haven't exactly. we? <laughs> right, the two dollar DVD rack, and you go, "Oh, that's a great movie," but you don't end up buying it because the DVDs just take up space these days. But you know what I'm talking about? It's the bargain basement bin. I don't know if Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers can sell to their fan base another one of those types of signings. Hey guys, guess who we brought in? Woo! We got Jimmy Garoppolo for a fourth round pick. Whoop de doo! And fans are going to groan and say, again, really? Is that really what we're doing here? No thanks. I, I don't want it. I'm not interested. 
I think that's what you're going to get. People just aren't interested anymore in these these guys off the scrap heap that Carolina keeps throwing out there claiming that they're going to change them, right? Like, they'll do something different that's going to change this. I don't see it happening. It's just not going to happen. By the way, as we wrap the show up, I do want to give credit where credit is due. When this NFL draft came and went, no one talked about a second-round pick for the Houston Texans, right? Did any, or excuse me, a third-round pick. Did anybody talk about Davis Mills coming out of Stanford? Didn't live up to the billing, you know, a five-star recruit? Davis Mills has played really well for the Houston Texans where you have to start to think to yourself, maybe this is the guy that you go into the regular season with next year. Imagine if Davis Mills is who they decide to hitch their wagon to, and why not? The way he's played recently, he might be that guy, and he could be better than any one of these guys coming out in this year's draft. So got to give a little credit to a guy who has played very, very good football quietly for the lowly Houston Texans. I am Dan Schwartzman. I will be back tomorrow again in for Rich. We're going to have fun. We'll break down this Dolphins-Saints game, whoever wins, what it means in the playoff picture. That is for sure. It has been fun. We will do it again tomorrow. I'm Dan Schwartzman in for Rich Eisen right here on the Rich Eisen Show.